You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Lucas Smith. It's time to talk more Cardinal baseball, even though the season is over. That does not mean my content stops. Happy Wednesday, October the 7th, everybody. Whenever you're listening or ever you're listening, whatever you're listening on, thank you for doing so. Thank you for joining me. Today is uh, part one of, I guess, uh, a 10-part series talking about the position-by-position breakdown of the St. Louis Cardinals, and that will start with the catcher's position. Um, and I'm super excited to talk about Molina, Weeders, and Kisner today. Tomorrow, be on the lookout for first base breakdown. And then Friday, I'm looking to have a special guest on the show. Still working in the lineup on who that is exactly. Got a couple different options, uh, but be sure to um, tune in tomorrow and Friday as well for more good offseason content. So without further ado, let's get going talking about the catcher's position. You had three Cardinal players catch this year for St. Louis. And that was Yadier Molina, Matt Wieters, and Andrew Kisner. Those three uh, were the only three that uh, caught for St. Louis in, in the season. Uh, 37-year-old Molina, 34-year-old Wieters, and good old ripe young 25-year-old for Mr. Kisner. And there was quite a disparity in plate appearances as well. Um yeah, defensively, Molina caught 1,413 people. Uh, Weeders caught 608, and Kisner caught 168. That means it played appearances when they were behind the plate. Uh, offensively, they did not have that many plate appearances, only being 60 games, uh, but still quite a disparity. Even with the time missed, Molina still was able to catch 42 games this season, um, which is pretty impressive, all things considering. Excuse me, all things considered, with uh, you know missing time for COVID and being you know like I said, 37 years old. So. Uh, that's the lowest total of his career, obviously. <laughs> he has not caught less than 100 games except for his first year in 2004. Um, so, you know, I talked about it a lot on my show, but, you know, Molina continues to work, continues to work hard, continues to impress. When you look at Weeders, uh, you look at a guy that statistically did not have a good year. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't think that's – he only batted 235 at-bats with no home runs. Uh, but he was able to catch some big innings for the Cardinals uh, – he, he was the one that really helped Ponce de Leon. So a lot of this goes beyond the stats, which I'll get into. And Kisner, uh, also, he started off hot a little bit by the end of the year uh, with the batting average a little bit lower than he would like, but higher than his average was in 18 games a season ago. So um, you like to see that. And, um, yeah, catcher's position wasn't a complete rotating door for St. Louis this year, uh, but when Molina went down, the Cardinals did have to, to fix a little things here and there with Kisner and Weeders. Um, and on the show, let's start with a statistical breakdown of the offensive side of things. When you look at just within St. Louis's lineup, the average itself is pretty high at 298 uh, as, as a catcher. Uh, excuse me. Nope, that was the wrong number. 249 was the batting average. So that, that was good for third in terms of positions on, on the uh, defensive side of things for offense. But their on-base and slugging were both in the bottom half, 298 and 333, 631 OPS. Um their total OPS plus was just 82, so that that's not great in terms of an offensive production standpoint. But they, they still had some big moments. You you, you think of uh, Molina having a couple big hits here and there, and I think that what these catchers bring is more so intangibles. I think that 
You know, n- none of these players anymore, or spe- at least with Weeders and Molina, they're not going to have all-star campaigns anymore necessarily, and they're just trying to mold the pitchers. And especially, they're, they're even trying to mold uh, Andrew Kisner as well. Because Kisner, I think, is, is going to be one of the next catchers of the future for St. Louis. And I think that that's what the Cardinals see as well. And hopefully that's what Molina and Weeders see and that they can help out Mr. Kisner with that. Because offensively, you know, they, they only had six home runs, or excuse me, four home runs as a group. They drove in 22 RBIs, um, four doubles, and... Uh, so, you know, yeah, not the strongest offensive year when you look at statistical standpoints. But like I said, th- this is so much more than just an offensive catching position. Catcher is so much more than an offensive position. I mean, you look at M- Molina had a decent year, 262. Average was, was okay, but on base and slugging were, were kind of down along with OPS and OPS+. Plus. But again, I will say it again. When you look at a catcher, you have to look at more than just the offensive production. Is that important? Of course, it's important. You have to hit to stay in the major league to stay at the major league level. But that doesn't mean that if you don't hit, you can't play. I mean, Molina showed that. I think there was a time when Tony La Russa literally said he can bat zero and be my catcher. That's how bad Molina used to be offensively. Now he's a eight or nine time All Star with eight or nine Gold Gloves, a platinum glove mixed in there somewhere, and you know one of the all time Cardinal greats. So. Offensive production, especially at the catcher's position, is not the end-all, be-all in terms of how long you stay in the major leagues. But before I I move on to the the intangible and the defensive side of things, I will talk about the Cardinal catching offense as a whole relative to the whole league. Again, the batting average was was pretty up there. 249 was good for eighth among, um, you know, the catching position for St. Louis at 249, which is good for eighth among all catcher-hitting teams. The top two teams, which is kind of interesting, were Boston and Kansas City this year. Uh, Boston hit 319 and Kansas City hit 316. So their catchers performed. <laughs> uh, but, but again, the on-base and slugging were a lot lower in the totem pole. Their, their on-base of 298 was 18th in, in the majors, and their slugging of 333 was 22nd. Again, they had two less games, so it's not, I mean, you can't really use that excuse of, oh, they didn't have that many plate appearances or games or whatever. I mean, they, two less games is especially with how significant these differences are, especially in on-base and slugging. It's not going to make that much of a difference in terms of what you look like. Uh, their total OPS plus is for St. Louis catching was 82, which is uh, good for 20th in the in the majors. They only, like I said, they only hit four doubles, only hit six home runs between the group, 22 RBIs, which is really low. Uh, that's on the bottom third among the leagues, catchers leagues, as in major leagues, not just the national league. So, uh, Excuse me. I think that offensively, you have to worry a little bit about Molina regressing because he hopefully he's your number one catcher. And his, his numbers the last three years, honestly, just looking at them subjectively, have gone down. His average had a nine-point uptick from 18 to 19, but then back down to 262 this year. But his on-base percentage has gone down the last three years. His slugging percentage has gone down the last three years. OPS has gone down the last five years. Uh, OPS Plus has overall gone down in the last five years and uh yeah I just don't think that he is what he was in 2016 and I talked about that yesterday I talked about Wayne Knight and Molina possibly staying on and but yeah at the end of the day I know Molina is not what he used to be Weeders is not what he used to be we'll see if he comes back for another season he's had two really solid years in a Cardinal uniform is the averages and the stats are not there I get it but Weeders had some big home runs last year with 11 home runs and 168 at-bats um, and we just slugged the ball a lot. 435 was his slugging percentage. His OPS Plus was 86, and this year it was 48. So, I mean, 
you know, Weeders had some good moments last year. And again, Kisner, he's done nothing but hit at the minor league level. Um, you know, high average, high on base percentage, high high, uh, high hit total, high home runs and everything like that. So I think Kisner will be fine. I have more faith in Kisner than I did in, in Carson Kelly just because of the track record. Kelly seemed to have some intangibles that you liked, but the, the stats and the numbers just weren't there in the minor leagues. And maybe he'll turn around. He, he seems to be doing okay over in Arizona, but I just think that I have more faith in Andrew Kisner than I did in Carson Kelly. So that's a look at the offensive side of things. We'll, we'll take a look at the defensive side of things and a little bit more at the intangibles as well um, coming up in, in just a moment. When you need red wine at 4 p.m., sushi at 9 p.m., a breakfast burrito at 8 a.m., and ibuprofen at 10 a.m., Postmates it. Postmates is your personal food delivery, grocery delivery, whatever kind of delivery service all year round. Anything you're craving, Postmates can deliver. They're the largest on-demand network in the U.S. and offer delivery from all the restaurants, grocery and convenience stores, and traditional retailers you could possibly want or need. 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, Postmates will bring you whatever you need within the hour. No more trips to the store. You don't even have to know where the store is. Just go to the Postmates app and Postmates will deliver it to you. You can download the app for free on iOS or Android and browse local restaurants, businesses, and track your delivery in real time. And for a limited time, Postmates is giving our wonderful listeners $100 off free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start with your free deliveries, download the app and use code LOCKEDON. That's code LOCKEDON for $100 off free delivery credit for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. Download Postmates and save with code Locked On. So again, tomorrow's show will be looking at first base for St. Louis, which will mostly be involved with um, Paul Goldschmidt. Uh, but you'll also talk, you guys, talk about guys like Carpenter, Ravello, um, and Nagowski had a decent amount of playing time there as well. So be sure to tune in tomorrow as I give my grade on the first baseman, and that will most likely be very high, um, higher than the catching position for sure. Uh, but we talked about the offense side of things, offensive side of things being a little bit down for the catcher this year on, on all three standpoints. I don't think there's any way to, to dispute that. It, it's not as bad as the Cardinals' cleanup uh, situation, even though Carlson did clean that up a little bit near the end of the year. But defensively, they were very, very good. Uh, when, when you look at, especially when you look at something like, like a team ERA, I think catcher's ERA is interesting to look at because it shows comfort level. And actually, the one with the lowest catcher's ERA, Matt Wieters. He had three and a half. He was only allowing 3.69 runs per nine. Um, he had 119 putouts and two, and, and two assists as well, and so he was you know, no errors uh, for for Matt Weeder. So you like to see that, and I just think that uh, you know Weeder's impressed very much at the catcher's position. He had a, you know, like I said, 100 percent fielding range. I think there were some times where he let some balls go, but um, that, that, you know, kind of had some wild pitches and some weird pass balls, but Weeders impressed me really, to be honest with you. And when when you look at stolen bases as well, I think that he he improved a little bit from from a year ago. Um, but yeah, the catcher's ERA really surprised me to think that he would have the highest total of or the lowest total, I guess, among St. Louis pitching. And again, 
not only offensively, but defensively, you look at the intangibles, the things that you can't track. Like Matt Wieters last year, when, when Ponce de Leon, or this year, I guess, when Ponce de Leon was struggling, he had those two or three really bad starts in a row, Matt Wieters is the one that came to him with a notebook of things, it was according to Ponce de Leon, just a notebook of notes on him. And it was all about the little things. It wasn't necessarily just about pitching, but it was about how he prepared. It's about how he, um, you know, how he prepped for a start, how he got ready. That's something that will never, ever, ever, ever show up in a stat book. You will never see Matt Wieters coaching number one. You will see Matt Wieters, what his batting average is, what his fielding percentage is, and just things like that. But the intangible, the coachability of both Ponce de Leon and the ability to see that out, seek that out in Matt Wieters was huge. I think that Matt Wieters deserves credit in the world for that because after that moment, Ponce de Leon had a stretch of two or three incredible, incredible starts when the Cardinals needed it. So the intangible... Intangibility that Waiters brought to the table this year could not have gone unnoticed. He's a, he's a professional guy. He's been around a very long time, and not quite as long as Molina, but he's been playing for 12 years. This was finished up his 12th year, and being a backup to Yadier Molina is not easy. We've seen catchers try and we've seen catchers fail. I think Waiters is probably the best backup since Tony Cruz, to be quite frank. Cardinals have tried to fill that role with other guys, and it just hasn't worked out because nobody can. It's hard as a muscle memory sport in baseball to to sit for that many days and still be productive. But credit to Matt Wieters, who's, who's been able to do it again. Statistically, not high up there, but he's had very big moments as a Cardinal, both at the left and right side of the plate. And the ability to to coach these guys really is huge. And we've been talking about that about Yadier Molina for years. His ability to, to mentor a coaching staff or a pitching staff, his ability to walk through each individual pitcher and calm them down. I think that Molina did all he possibly could to help out Carlos Martinez. Um, I just don't think that Martinez is there. I mean, you look at the, the kind of connection that Wainwright and Yachty have. They, I mean, they're, they go plenty of starts without shaking each other off. Wainwright goes plenty of starts with, you know, maybe shaking them off once or twice, but so, 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 so often. They just are on the same exact page. You don't need any help from from the from the dugout. They only look there to see for for pickoffs and things like that. But the chemistry between Wainwright and Molina is impeccable, and that's something again that will not show up on a stat sheet. Yadier Molina means so much to this team. He means so much to Adam Wainwright. He means so much to this city that no matter what his statistical numbers are, even if he's in a down year, like you could argue he had in 2020, he still means more to this team than we will ever be able to tell by looking at a stat sheet. And I think that, that that tells you everything you need to know about Yadier Molina as, as a baseball player. I mean, statistically, there are plenty of better players who are probably not in the Hall of Fame. But when you look at what somebody brings to a team, the Hall of Fame is not always just about the numbers. You look at the moments. You look at the... Um, again, I say, I've said this word a lot. I feel like I'm uh, repeating myself. The intangibles. Molina has all of that. You know, ever since you know he came up in 2004, like I said, he, he couldn't hit. But then when you start around 2007... His average was above 275 every year except for 2010, and it didn't dip below that again until 2015, and he still hit 270. His career batting average is 281. I think if you would have asked me in 2006, again, I was six years old, but if you would have asked anybody in 2006 when he had hit 267, 252, and 216 in 2006 with an on-base percentage of 274, uh, 595 OPS, these are really bad numbers. If you would have... You know, told people that he's now hit a career 281 hitter and a first ballot Hall of Famer or Hall of Famer, we would have called you crazy. But he worked hard. He got better. And that's what this entire 
mantra of Molina is all about. He improves year in and year out. I think, like, like I talked about, Weeders improved year in and year out. And even Andrew Kisner, I don't want to forget about him. He improved from last year. His batting average took a a, a little bit of an uptick in, in, again, less games. I understand that. But he just looked more comfortable at the plate in his second year in, at the big league level. Um, and I, just, I was impressed. I really was. I think that he, he, he has... Um, he has the ability to, to be a solid catcher at the major league level, and I think that his year will be 2021 or 2022, but I think watch out for whenever that happens. So, that, so that, that's my overview on the Cardinals catching. I think that offensively, we could, you know, that they could clearly improve, and defensively and intangibly, and the things that don't show up in the stat sheet, the Cardinals are right there with um, you know, helping this team, especially with, with Molina and Weeders kind of mentoring the, the younger pitching staff and mentoring Kisner. So with all that in mind, Trying to take out as much bias as I can. My overall grade from an A to an F, A being the best, F being the worst, for those of you who haven't been in school for a long time. My grade for the Cardinals catching is a B minus. Because of the offense, lack of offensive production. Um, if if you're looking just playing at stats, you probably argue it's closer to a C or C minus. Um, but with everything that I know about the Cardinals, I, I, I got to bring it up to a B minus. And I think that Next year will be a, will be a better year for St. Louis catching, especially if you you can give Molina a couple of days off if they resign him um, or give Kisner the full time role. So I think that a B minus is is a solid grade to start out my year of off season grading. Um, I, uh, looking forward to, to grade first base next. So be sure to, to tune in tomorrow to, to hear what I have to say about Paul Goldschmidt and company about the Cardinals' first base situation. Continue to interact with me on Twitter, LJ Fastball. Interact with me, the show on Twitter and Instagram, LO underscore Cardinals. Email the show, lockedoncards at gmail.com. That's all I got for today's episode, Wednesday, October the 7th. Thank you for listening, ladies and gentlemen. As always, stay safe, stay well. Have a fantastic day.